Hello, Helen. How are you doing? Welcome to this week's uh, nutrition podcast. And uh, I'd like to also welcome all the listeners to the, to the podcast and I hope you get a lot out of uh, what we're discussing this week. So, yeah, we, we kick off with, um, yeah, we're this week we're discussing metabolic syndrome and obesity. So uh, we kick off with those two things, Helen. Okay. Hi, Aidan. How are you doing? Um, thanks for having me back on. And yeah, this is um, really interesting. Now, metabolic syndrome and obesity, what does that mean? Okay. So in terms of metabolic syndrome, if you consider that, um, just bear with me one second, um, how to describe metabolic syndrome, it's essentially, you know, um, it's, People who are overweight have high blood pressure and their cholesterol profile isn't great and you throw type 2 diabetes into the mix as well and all of those um, issues together is what is described as metabolic syndrome. Okay, and if you also consider that um, Metabolic syndrome goes hand in hand with obesity and four out of 10 Irish people are overweight and 23% of that amount are obese. So there is a huge problem in Ireland with pre-diabetes, um, obesity and um, metabolic health. Okay. And the other issues that um, you need to be concerned about at the moment is that metabolic syndrome goes hand in hand with susceptibility to complications from COVID. If you consider about 80% of people hospitalized with COVID so far have metabolic syndrome, and that is really worrying. Um, so you could surmise that if you are in bad health, then you are so much more susceptible to succumbing to COVID. Yeah. And uh, there's a really interesting study that I came across, and it's the first meta-analysis of its kind. It was published on the 26th of August in Obesity Reviews. It was an international team of researchers who pulled data from scores of peer-reviewed papers, capturing about 400,000 patients. And they found that people with obesity who contracted SARS-CoV-2 were 113 times more likely than people of a healthy weight to land into the hospital. They were 74% more likely to be admitted to ICU and they had a 48% more like or greater percentage um, more likely to die of COVID. So that is a frightening statistic and Again, if you consider, as we said initially, four out of 10 Irish people are overweight, that lands you into that danger area where, you know, obviously it's going to impact on your health overall, but in terms of your immune system, it's very worrying. And I suppose psychologically as well, it can affect it, it can affect a person as well. And I suppose that's where, like, if there are people that are, you know, that are in that situation, like, pre um pre-diabetic and, and obese mm -hmm. you know that that's where uh, nutrition becomes key in kind of helping with that or help reduce the chances yeah and a lot of people coming to me in the magic spoon are you know trying to lose a bit of weight they could just be a couple of pounds or a stone or two overweight but again um people who have a bmi of over 30 to 35 are in the obese range and 
the way to um the simplest way to measure your BMI is you want your waist circumference to be half that of half your height. So whatever half your height is, you want your waist circumference measured from the belly button to be half that of your height. Okay, so it's a simple thing for everybody to do with a, with a measuring tape. And, you know, there's a big stigma involved in being overweight as well, or especially if somebody is obese. But again, a lot of um, a lot of it is down to bad diet. There's a certain genetic predisposition as well. But people come into me once we just get them off the refined foods, the processed foods, the sugar, the weight just falls off. So it's not a life sentence. It's something that you can you can reverse and. The worrying thing is that um, I came across another statistic there recently that um, 40% of people over 45 in Ireland are pre-diabetic. And that means that the hot skip and a jump to developing type 2 diabetes. So, and again, it's all diet related, Aidan. That's it. And I suppose really look, looking at that as well, like, you know, people will be worried when, when they hear that. But I suppose the key thing to this is as you just said there, it's reversible. So, but I suppose it's, you know, knowing that is one thing, but it's actually that step from knowing it or being told it to actually doing something about it. That's the thing. That yeah, can be psychological and it's, it's all to do with the nutrition. So what would the, the, t- the key tips that you'd give to people that uh, to help them get over that? Okay, well, it, it, it's really down to um, enlightening people about what food is food is fuel for our body okay so and what is metabolic health okay it's the state of balance the body maintains between storing fat and burning it for energy so your metabolic health is your number one defense against all of these chronic diseases heart disease cancers type 2 diabetes and susceptibility to obviously what's on everybody's mind at the moment is COVID. So once the balance of your metabolic health is disrupted, your health is going to be adversely affected. So in a nutshell, you improve your diet, you improve your overall health, you improve your immune system, and diet is key. So basically, um, what when people come to me, especially women, they are completely obsessed with calorie counting. And... I just tell them, stop counting the calories. You know, calories are not, they don't determine what is the nutritional content of your food. And people will go, right, well, especially girls, they go, right, well, you know, I can have that creamy clear or banoffee pie for my lunch. And it has the same amount of calories as a healthy, you know, um, lunch option with your veg and your protein and your your complex carbs so they'll think right i'll have that instead of the healthy option but um you know it's still within my calorie range if you know what i mean so again a biscuit versus an apple okay which is the healthier the apple it's like some people go well i'll have a glass of coca-cola um but you know, the same amount of calories in that as there would be in a bowl of berries. So what I do is I get people to keep a food diary for two to three weeks. 
And then I'll analyze that and I'll go through it and I'll, I'll see exactly what they're putting into their bodies for breakfast, lunch and dinner, what they're eating between. Are they in the throes of a sugar addiction? What prompts them to start, you know, grazing between meals on the wrong foods? And what state of mind they're in? Like if somebody is overweight and there's, you know, a bit of depression going on there as well, they're much more inclined to comfort eat. And people don't understand how addictive sugar is. And like the food companies know that and they lace everything with sugar. And I just say, eat like our grandparents used to eat. Like type two diabetes was unheard of in Ireland in the 30s, 40s, 50s. But the minute all these refined foods, processed foods started to hit our supermarkets and convenience foods as well that are full of sugar and salt, we, st we started to see the rise of type two diabetes. And you know, what's happening in kids as young as 11 and 12, which is really disturbing, Aidan. That's it. And I suppose really, you know, parents, parents kind of go, people go to do the shop and maybe bring the kids with them or whatever. And next thing the kids, it kind of, it's kind of, you know, for those who have kids, it starts at kind of an early age when they're kids. Like what you, what you eat as a child is what you, what you, what you continue eating. Like, so if your eating plan is healthy when you're a child, then the chances are that's what you'll, that's, you, that's you'll so continue at adulthood. You know, like our two, um, like the when our first form was in the crash, the girls there couldn't believe how she would eat her vegetables. Same with our little fella. And I say to them, look, your taste buds, if you don't stimulate them with all the different types of fruit and vegetables and grains and whole foods and different types of good sources of protein, if you don't stimulate it at a young age, you know, a child's taste buds, they're like a plant to be pruned off and it'll become more and more difficult getting nutritious food into that child. And, you know, have a day of the week that you can have a treat, okay? And don't yeah. use food as a reward. If you want to give a child a reward for, you know, tidying their room or doing their homework or, you know, just um, being healthier around the house, it can be an experience like um, having a play date, going to the playground, um, getting some sort of uh, some new paints or drawing pencils or, you know, um, something that isn't food orientated. Because you don't want to plant into young brains that food treats or rewards because that will become embedded in their psyche. And it's very hard to do. As a parent, I battle against it myself all the time. And... You know, I'd say, right, you can have an apple, you can have a banana, you can have some toasted seeds, um, and yet we'll have treats on Friday, okay? So they look forward to their treats, and, you know, they're, they're, if, when they do get them on the Friday, they are like friggin', you know, jumping jack beans. They're so high on sugar, and you see, that's the problem. We are not designed to eat sugar unless it's in something like a fruit, I've said that before, but it's not just the sugary foods that people are consuming. When people come to me, they say, well, you know what? I don't really have a sweet tooth, but, you know, I love my crisps. I love my potatoes. I love my Brennan's white bread. And I have to explain to them 
that refined carbs convert to glucose in the body. Okay, so yeah. I have to re-educate them into it's not just the sugary foods. It's your crisps, your your salty crackers, your your white bread, white rice, white pasta, all the processed foods, pizza, chips, chicken nuggets, cut them out or reduce them. And again, you know, um, especially for women, we tend to comfort eat. So I'll try yeah. to figure out exactly what time of day that's happening. And it's all about blood sugar control, slow release, as I said before, you want to get a slow release of energy from your food. And you'll do that by having your complex carbs, your good fats, your good protein. So it's all about a re-educational, it's like a, like a shift in consciousness when it comes to nutrition. And when people come to see me in the Magic Spoon, I give them shopping lists. I'll give them recipes that are easy to follow. It's fast, healthy food. You know, it's something everybody can do from, from multitasking mums to, to working women to, to busy people everywhere. We want fast, healthy food. And that's what I'm all about. That's it. And I mean, nowadays, now, there are so many things for men and women. I mean, you have this Wave Watchers and you have all these you know, you see all these diet programs and go on my website and we'll give you this and we'll do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. sometimes that means that these people, oh, they're, that, that's why, you, you know, just referring back to what you said earlier on, they're counting the calories because they have to mm -hmm. have, make, make a note of how many calories they're eating and then they get this and they get that if they meet their targets and all that. But I suppose... Yeah. You know, I suppose that that has it has its pluses and its minuses. Those kind of things there with Weight Watchers, because essentially, yeah, you're they're doing A, B, and C, but that these, you know, you have to actually pay for these things. And I mean, you know, then there's gyms. You know, some people go to gyms and these, these but there's a lot of things you can do that that don't cost money. Because I suppose there's two sides to it. You know, there's eating healthy, but there's also you need to get the exercise as well. And as regards to sugar, it's, well, I suppose in your diet, it's about balance, really. Yeah. And again, you know, um, back to pre-diabetes and its rise in Ireland in the over 45s, you know, I've, I've people coming to me, they've been to the doctor, their blood sugar levels are through the roof. And just to put that into perspective, ideally, you want your fasting blood sugar levels below 5.6 millimoles per litre and ideally below three. So that's, if you're over the 5.6, that's what's considered to be pre-diabetic, you know? And they'll come in to me and they'll be in an awful state, they don't know what to do. Um, and, you know, if you are pre-diabetic, it's a culmination of lifestyle eating that is consuming the processed foods, the sugary foods, the refined foods, and I have to basically completely rehaul their nutritional um, profile and reintroduce or introduce new foods to them and get them to eat in a different way. And, you know, it's all, again, about education. When people come to me, they learn about low GI foods. What are they? They're slow-release foods that give you energy constantly and i'll optimize their nutrition you know i'll restore their gut health um and get them to minimize the carbs to cut out the processed foods 
and to avoid the sugar. And as I said before, sugar is quite addictive. And in Eden, we stock the whole farm in Oreg range and a brilliant tool, it's not a magic bullet, but it's a brilliant tool is the chromium precise. It's an organic chromium yeast. And what chromium does, it's like a sugar patch for anybody with a sweet tooth. And it basically amplifies the effect of insulin and helps you cut the cravings for the sugar. So if somebody is finding it extremely difficult to follow a healthy eating plan, I will recommend they go on a course of chromium. And that normally just within a week or so, things start to taste too sweet, you know, and they become much more really Mm-hmm. Look, looking at it, looking at it, if you were to compare something, if you were to compare it to something, it sounds mm-hmm. like it's kind of the equivalent to you know a smoker having a nicotine patch. It's kind of a replacement for it. It is, and you know what? Um, a lot of people are deficient in chromium, and um, especially um, especially ladies. And funnily enough, um, when when women are pregnant, the fetus will consume by eighty percent of the mum's store of chromium. And that's why we're seeing such an increase in um, gestational diabetes as well at the moment. And people are just eating. They are eating the wrong foods. They're getting these prepackaged dinners in Aldi and Lidl. And, you know, they're just eating pizza, getting takeaways. And they, they, they just don't understand how easy it is to make a good, healthy, nutritious meal. And so again, back down to education, Aiden, and back down to giving people the tools. I don't like people seeing me more than three times because at that stage, they will have all the information they need. And it's up to them then to go and use the tools they've been given. So, you know, and it, 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 a lot of people, once they start, cooking themselves they actually find it so therapeutic so interesting they feel so much better you cut out the sugar the weight falls off you know it's it's it gives me great joy when people come back to me and they've got their weight down they feel so much more confident in themselves their mood improves their whole energy improves and what you said about exercise as well you know There's so many things we can do. And as we age as well, it's really important to keep your flexibility up, to keep your resilience and your stamina. Because if you are suffering from aches and pains, people coming into you, their ability to get the same amount out of life as they used to has been compromised because they're not exercising enough or they're not exercising in the right way. Would that be right? That's it. And I mean, really... You know, the proper nutrition is also key for, you know, people that come to me, you know, sports, sports, you know, players and athletes and that, you know, they come to me with, uh, you know, their injuries and all that. And of course, nutrition is, is uh, key to recovery, but also it's, it's key to performance during at training sessions and during games or, you know, and for athletes and cyclists and that that are doing races. You know, it's key. It can be key for, for performances. You know, it can be key to performance, and without without all the fancy supplements and powder mm-hmm. drinks that mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. if you eat the right things, it can help in a lot of areas, not just in one or two areas. Well, of course, it's back down to actually knowing what are the good fats, what are 
healthy um, sources of protein, sourcing your protein well, where are you buying it from? You know, um, can it be traceable? Um, and also, you know, getting the fruit and vegetables into it as well. And your vegetables should make up about 40% of what's on your plate. And then the protein, 20%. The grains, the whole grains, 10%, you know, your good fats, and another 5%. It's again about looking at what people are putting into their bodies and retweaking that and just giving them the tools and the knowledge and the know how. And it's all out there, Aiden. All the supermarkets are stocking, you know, good organic food, locally sourced food, and you know, the other thing that um, I came across recently, which I thought was an absolutely fantastic way of exercising that anybody can do, whatever age they are, they can have it in their home. It's extremely beneficial. It exercises 645 muscles in the body. And um, what it is, is a rebounder. Have you come across them, Aiden? Yeah, to a certain, yeah, I have, yeah. It's, it's yeah. interesting how it all works, isn't it? Yeah, and um, funnily enough, what they are, they're a mini trampoline that you have in your house. And basically, um, NASA first invented them as astronauts going up into space. We're losing body mass and muscle mass with being in anti-gravity. And so what they found was they trained them on a rebounder. It would actually improve or reduce that loss. And... Um, a rebounder is something that you can use whatever age you are. And also you just use it for 10 minutes a day. You're exercising every single cell in your body. You're detoxifying your system as well as you're stimulating lymph drainage. And um, you're burning fat in a fun, healthy, enjoyable way. So um, that's one thing that uh, I have come across. And I've actually just ordered one for ourselves. And um, it's about finding you know, things that you're going to do from an exercise point of view that you're just going to stick it, you know, because if you are flexible and fit, your metabolism will reflect that and you combine it with nutritious, healthy food. And that is going to keep your metabolic health in an optimum condition, you know, so that that's, it's really about a holistic approach so um, yeah. and then once you're eating properly, um, your body will reflect that and your mood will reflect that as well. And, you know, you can optimize wisely. I mentioned Farminord Chromium, brilliant as a tool to get people to basically fight those sugar cravings. Because make no mistake, if you're... Um, eating a lot of carbs and sugary foods, it's very hard to kick that habit because the brain becomes used to that quick fix. And as I said before, your body only needs half a teaspoon of glucose circulating in it at any one time. And Irish people are consuming over 200 teaspoons of sugar a week, which is a shocking statistic because then it's no surprise that we're going to have a type 2 diabetes epidemic. And that goes hand in hand being overweight and obese. That's it. And I mean, it's the simple things done right or the, the little things done right that can make that can make a big difference. But um, like basically just coming slightly away from a dietary point of view, 
to mm-hmm. more about diabetes now I, i'm with the Roscommon civil defense and we're, we're trained in a lot of different areas but mm-hmm. we're kind of specifically like you know we're trained in first aid and how to diagnose different things as well but we mm-hmm. say you know we, we've come across cases uh mm-hmm. case studies and that during, during our training and it's kind of a thing where you know an ordinary person will come along and they'd see a person and a person might kind of collapse or whatever and they might mm-hmm. lose consciousness briefly or mm-hmm. something like that and then they come up to them and they say are you okay and next thing they get this real sweet smell of their breath mm-hmm. now a lot of some people unless you know your stuff or mm-hmm. unless you're kind of medically trained or you have some sort of medical knowledge mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. thing you might think is oh yeah the person is you know has consumed a lot of alcohol but mm-hmm. the thing is through our mm-hmm. training and it, it's great the way you know, when you're med- when you're learning about medical stuff, mm-hmm. the things you, you, you learn is it's, mm-hmm. it might not necessarily be that the mm-hmm. person could be diabetic, and like the person could have lost mm-hmm. energy levels. So, but, uh, what we were taught is the best thing is if someone collapses like that, you know, if mm-hmm. you have some way of finding out is the person diabetic, find out mm-hmm. whether it's type one or type two. But even mm-hmm. something simple like a Mars bar or an energy drink like Lucasaid. Mm-hmm. can give them can boost their energy levels as well it, it's amazing that those little things that you mm-hmm. might you know like something as obvious as like oh, a sweet sweet smell from the breath you might say oh well he's he's mm-hmm. had a couple of pints and it's not that you know you could it, it goes to show you how you can misinterpret something from being oh a couple of pints instead of thinking well this guy this guy or this woman might have diabetes yeah, well, you see, they would really need to be measuring their blood sugar levels carefully and keeping an eye on that um, a couple of times a day just to keep it under control. Um, so again, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting how little kind of um, signs like that you've become tuned into them. But, um, you know, again, what I said earlier was 20% of Irish adults over 45 are pre-diabetic. And that really means that they're overweight as well. So people coming to me, if they want to lose the weight, they're actually doing themselves the best favor ever. Because if you restore your health now through your diet, through weight loss and through exercise and lifestyle, you are basically um, ensuring, giving yourself an insurance policy against, you know, heart disease, cancers, and um, other chronic diseases further down the line. So people really need to think about what they are eating, when they are eating, and how they are eating, where they're doing their shopping, and and really actually understand what food does in the body. Because again, you know, I'm always looking at people shopping trolleys when I'm out and about, and I'm shocked to see the amount of processed food that's going into those trolleys and people just do not know what is good food and what is not. So um, that's why people come to the likes of me and the magic spoon and um, also to yourself, Aiden, as well. And like the type two diabetes that can be managed and reversed through good diet. So it doesn't have to be a life sentence. So we're great ones for a pill for every ill in Ireland. But again, you have to reclaim your um, your power, empower yourself to take charge of your health. You know, that is so important and it's really key. You know, and what I try to do in the Magic Spoon 
is give people the tools to empower themselves. That's it. Well, that's been uh, another very good uh, nutrition podcast. Thanks very much for uh, for doing that with us. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. So what what will we cover next week, uh, Helen? Um, I have time to think about that. I was thinking maybe in terms of um, uh, nutrition for children. And again, we touched on it briefly there today about you start off on a, on in the right path and it actually just gives you a map for health for life. So maybe that could be something yeah. that um, we could touch on next week, Aidan. And uh, yeah, we'll um, figure that out. I suppose really another good thing that we could kind of connect with that is you know, trying to get trying to get kids involved in sport and what they need to, you know, the, I suppose eating the proper things that will give them the energy for uh, the the what what to eat and what not to eat for kids that are involved in sport or want to get involved in sport. That would be another angle we could do as well. That's a great idea. I would love to do that. So um, let's um have a chat about that and uh, we'll do a talk on that next week. That would be lovely. No. No problem. Thanks very much for uh, for doing that, and we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks a million, Aidan. Bye, everybody. Bye.